spoiler, like, spoiler, spoiler. This is your <laughs> one. I didn't like it. And I love Thor. Like, yeah, it Thor is fantastic. Like, it didn't, like, Thor is my favorite Avenger. I loved Thor. I love Thor Dark World. I love Thor Ragnarok. Like, I love Thor. And everybody hated Dark World. And I still liked it. But this was just too much. Like, that that's yes. the sport. But, like, you, I mean, it's a spoiler. Because, like, it's just, it's so much. Like, it well, is in I your face now. so much. I was talking to a friend who has not seen it and she said, I heard it was offensive. And I said, I think there, there are two things that I've heard people be offended by in this movie. One of them I disagree with and one of them I can see why. What The one that I can see why is because there is a lot of adult humor in this movie. They're definitely making Marvel Phase 4 not as kid-friendly as before. Agreed. I, I wouldn't pick it's my not kids. Cursing. There's actual sexual humor you see thor's butt like there's well and like in thor ragnarok they reference certain things i, I won't yes. reference it but they reference certain things We're in ragnarok <laughs> and it's like it's a passing thing they don't focus on it in this one they focus they on it they go all over in. and over and over <laughs> it's i i i thought after the first reference i said okay it's a passing reference like in ragnarok whatever and then they kept referencing it and I just sat there geez how long can this joke go on and that's the thing it's all in Endgame they set us up for Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy to be a team and I wasn't expecting or hoping that they were in the whole movie together but I was expecting them to be in it more than they were well and like honestly the story like there's so much we can talk about with Thor Love and Thunder <laughs> well, um, really quickly just to finish out the thought the other thing that I've heard people be offended by that I personally do not agree with is Jane having cancer and you seeing her go through cancer treatment apparently that's in the comics it's true to the comics that was a, that was a story of her and also even if it wasn't if that's just how they decided to send her off was that she has cancer. <sighs> How is that I, offensive? Like, I can see like that being triggering. I, I saw a lot of people, they wanted a trigger warning on it. But um, that's the thing. Go, I'm sorry. I don't, Personally, yeah. I don't think there should be trigger warnings in movies because, I mean, if you really want to, you can do your research. I have gone on to IMDb and used the parent content advisory before to see if, I want to watch that movie because there is one subject. I'm not going to mention it on the podcast because it's dark, but if a movie has that as a main plot line, especially if you watch someone right. going, I cannot deal. I cannot. I have had four to six hour long breakdowns. I can't, it's too dark. Right. And I'm it's an your- extremely empathetic person and I can't get to that dark of a place and not have a crisis. It's but very yeah, not, trigger. Not very many movies, thankfully, not very many movies or TV shows deal with it. So I can watch a good majority of movies and TV shows and not have to deal with that. My poor husband, when we were dating, maybe even engaged, showed me a movie, did not know about this trigger. I did not realize that this movie had that in there. And then he was the one who had to sit with me for this four to six hours <laughs> as I rocked back and forth and saw 
and my therapist said, shame on you. You should have researched it. <laughs> Why did you watch that movie? And I said, I didn't know. And she said, don't watch it again. And I said, I won't. So, and even me, I, even, I don't believe in trigger warnings. So if I go see a movie and it has that in there, I have the, I can get up and walk out if I see it coming. Now I know I better do that instead of having a breakdown because it's not fun. Or I can look up information about it beforehand if you're really that sensitive to certain things. And then other people were saying for a Marvel movie, they didn't think something like that would be in it. Didn't we have Tony Stark dying from an infection from his the arc reactor in his chest we've had illnesses in marvel movies before and also one more thing i watched my mom go through cancer and cancer treatment this was not triggering to me i when they said it was graphic i honestly thought it was going to be a lot more that i was expecting more just because of i did not think it was graphic at all no i've watched my mom go through cancer like as far i mean like as far as the cancer goes like as far as the cancer goes I did not think that what they showed was graphic. Like she no. doesn't like she doesn't look very sick throughout like the whole movie because she gets um she gets worse as time goes on and you see right. you see a and little bit see, of that. But I thought she was gonna be you'd see her reacting to the chemo throwing up over the toilet, you'd see her hair falling out, and yeah, she, like you see her shaving no. her head. I thought it was gonna be more intense and graphic and they made it like they made it into a joke Darcy comes and they make some lighthearted comments she tries to make the chemo go in faster from the bag because she just wants to get out of there and back to the lab but that's the problem with this movie every scene but maybe two is a joke yeah and not even good ones no it's it's so much like um, so I'm going to say, I'm going to butcher his name, but I'm just going to keep saying it that way. Um, so Taika Watiti, uh, was, right. he was the director of Thor Ragnarok, but Thor Ragnarok was a very key part of like the Avengers universe. And so they're like, okay, we want a, uh, this, we want Thor Ragnarok. It has to have this. Uh, storyline and this like it has to have all of these elements in it but we want your spin on it we want your crazy weird spin on this movie right like they they wanted his like they wanted a movie made and then they wanted that movie to have his spin on it this one was you can do whatever you want you have no rules it 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 was like instead of being like a Thor movie directed by Taika Waititi. It was like a Taika Waititi movie that just happened to have Thor in it. You know, (laughs) it was, I have, I have a theory about this because I saw the same thing happen with the star Wars prequels, which now are not as bad as the sequels, but they were not as good as the originals with George Lucas. I, we saw it just now with Taika Waititi. I'm sure there's other examples when someone comes out and does something really good. And then people, but they do it within parameters. They have people checking them along the way and they have other people helping and people even say, no, let's not do that. Let's do this instead. They have parameters. Then they do something really good and make people a lot of money and people really love the product. And then they say, oh, okay, you're good at this. Just go have fun. Go crazy. We won't stand in your way. No, sometimes creativity needs to be harnessed. It needs to be focused. Stop letting people just because they have 
one or two or even three or four very good movies operate with no parameters whatsoever. Because George Lucas, I don't know if he ha- really had people saying no to him for the prequels. Maybe he did, but not to the extent they did with the originals. And, and then, then we all know the drama. Yeah, we all know the drama of the sequels too. And that, but yeah, that's the same thing. Is like Taika Waititi, it had like Ragnarok worked, which Ragnarok is not my favorite like um, horror movie. A lot of people love it, and they, it is their favorite. But the reason why it worked was because one Loki, Loki is a oh, very yeah. like Thor needs a straight man. Like he, if you don't know what that means, um, in every comedy duo there is the like the uh fun guy and the straight man, and Loki is Thor's straight man. And so basically, Thor can be as ridiculous as he wants to be because Loki grounds him in either an emotional attachment or emotional maturity or, you know, keep just grounds the character. That is something that every, like if you watch any comedy duo or buddy movie or anything like that, you will see one of them. And, and sometimes they can switch up the role, but for the most part, one of them cont- is continuously the funny guy. And one of them is the straight man. And Thor needs Loki to be his straight man. And Loki oh, wasn't so- in this. Exactly. And so they, they yeah, so, but they didn't replace, they didn't replace that thing with Loki. Like they didn't replace Loki. They didn't give him, they tried to give him an emotional grounding with Jane, but then they made Jane funny. So Jane couldn't be the straight man because she wasn't in any way um, opposite of Thor. She was very complimentary to Thor, which is great for like a relationship like that they they were a very cute relationship and I was so rooting for them and I was so disappointed never mind not gonna go into it but um the point is is that they didn't give Thor a straight man to play off of and and not even just like the character of Thor but like the whole movie I felt like needed a straight man (laughs) like every aspect of the movie needed a straight man to play off of and they needed to give the villain so he's called the God Butcher. We see him kill one god at the beginning of his when he gets the necro sword. But then we never see him kill any others ever again. What a waste of a villain. I know you don't like Christian Bale, Taya, but yeah. you have a, a character you have a character called the God Butcher. And then they show a place with hundreds, if not thousands, of different gods. And nothing happens. Yeah, they're like hiding from him. And and I'm pretty sure that they're setting up because like they're setting up more sequels and stuff, which is fine. But my issue with Christian Bale's character, um, Gore, I think. um, Yes, Gore. God Butcher. One is that he is a very compelling bad guy and he doesn't get enough screen time. I don't mind that he doesn't get a lot of screen time because, again, I don't like Christian Bale. But but like if they had put him in an action sequence where he's butchering gods or we see him fighting or we see like carnage or something, something to emotionally connect us with him as a bad guy, because honestly, we never really, I don't know, (laughs) the story is told in a way that Thor realizes that 
the God Butcher has a point. But the problem is that the God Butcher is going about it the wrong way and he's killing the wrong gods and it's not all or nothing. You know, like there's good points to them, like good points to the story, but you they don't shine. They don't like those messages don't work very well because there's so many like there's so many goofballs you know there's so many like like Thor is a goofball and he's like the epitome of a goofball in this movie like all of like everything that was kind of goofy about Thor before is now amplified to caricature you know status and then you have Valkyrie she's always been kind of caricature you know she's over-the-top character so she's not going to play straight man and I thought for oh. a minute that Siv was going to be that way for him but she's only in it for like two minutes and she is a butt of a joke again like yeah. like they totally ruined her character like she was such like she was the perfect opportunity to have that because one she had a relationship with Loki two like they've set her up in other movies and in S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff to be um the straight man type and then they didn't use her at all and made her the butt of a joke and then like she comes back at like the very end for like two seconds you know so they just and then um korg is obviously not going to be a straight man for him like he was in the movie too much i did not want korg in the movie nearly as much as he was when we thought he died i actually sighed a sigh of relief because one finally we're getting something serious Although the very beginning of the movie is extremely serious and depressing and horrifying. And then the re- so it, it, the beginning, the introduction does not fit the rest of the movie. And then they had an opportunity yeah. to bring some lev- not levity, excuse me, the opposite. Something strong and emotional and serious and real. And then they have Korg be just a face and then later on he gets his body back anyway. I just wanted Korg gone. I, I thought would have added some gravity. That was the word I was looking for. Gravity to the situation to, and to the movie. I I know I know we're going into like a total missed opportunities just about this movie. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. This is but, how, I mean, how our brains work. And it really is. But my if I were to take this movie and I mm-hmm. had to do the storyline, I would like the montage of him with Guardians of the Galaxy should have been three quarters of the movie. Maybe half. Maybe half. Like, maybe the midpoint turn is when he leaves the Guardians and goes um, after, like, and goes after the God Butcher. Like, yeah. the the Guardians of the Galaxy should have been answering calls and then they realize that all of these calls, uh, like, the gods are getting butchered. And we follow the God Butcher... We follow the Guardians of the Galaxy as they're helping people and, you know, and Thor's with them. And we see all the different missions. And then slowly they sew together and we figure out, oh, it's the God Butcher guy. And then he goes into God, like, then he goes after them and leaves the Guardians of the Galaxy to help. Because so much of that movie was pointless. And so you could easily cut it out and extend the Guardians of the Galaxy part. Um, And, like... And it would literally like just take that montage and make that your movie and then skip to the end, you know, and, and show the God, like what's happening with like, actually show the God butcher butchering (laughs) the gods and like living up, like doing something worthwhile. um, So that 
the ending, which is a very, I did not like the ending. I like happy endings. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it does not have a happy ending. Um, and so I think that if they had to do that, like the, the power of his decision at the end, like the, the God Butcher's decision at the end, the power of that is lost because it feels incredibly pointless. Yes. It feels like he wasted everything. And because of that, the whole story is pointless. And so I'm like, if you had, if we had seen, if we had really felt the fear of this guy and we had really been afraid of him and then for him to finally get to the end and make the choice that he did, it would have had so much more impact instead of just creepy Christian Bale, like (laughs) mouth breathing on everybody for 10 minutes and then making the decision. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just did not have the impact. And I love Thor and he looks beautiful in this movie, by the way. Like, yeah, he worked out really hard to get like I see his videos because he's um he sells a fitness routine and so I see the advertisements for it all the time and he really works hard to look good for this film and he looks gorgeous I don't like his suit um his suit is yeah but that's just you know that's just the fashion that's a costume or whatever but um but I also think it's really cheesy and it plays into the fact that this movie is too much. It, his suit is too much, but well, um, that, I really wanted to like this movie. But it's let's, just talk, okay, so let's talk about graphic cancer for a second, because Peter from Guardians of the Galaxy, his mom dies from cancer. Yes. So one, that could have been a really neat connection to have Natalie Portman's character be scared of death because she doesn't really seem to be scared of death ever. And that's a natural fear that people have to is to be dying, especially if you know it's happening and you're going through a process of it. Peter has seen it in his mom. He saw his mom die. He has a close connection to cancer and cancer treatment in that way. It would have been so... What if we had a scene of Chris Pratt and Natalie Portman, her being afraid of death and cancer and him being on the other side, a conversation about it, about how the people left behind are going to feel. Well, and, like, so much, like, um, WandaVision is all about grief, first of all. They have that set up. And the movie has Jane very much in denial. Like, she is 100% not accepting that she has stage four. Like, you know, 100% she's not as four. (laughs) Just the four. Um, But, like, she is very much not accepting her fate. And I think you're right. I think if you think about it, like if you had Star Lord, like having a funny conversation with her of like, this is what's going to happen. Like I've seen this happen. Like, um, I know you're scared. Like he could even say that. I know you're scared. And she could be like, no, it's fine. It's fine. He's like, I know you're scared. Like, no, I'm, okay I'm good. But no, like I know. And then have her have that realization in that moment with him and you can have Thor see that you can have, you know, like whatever it is, like that would have been so like emotional. Like you could have played off that, but instead, no, like it just felt so disjointed and so cheesy, so cheesy. <sighs> and you know me, I love cheese, but not, not to the, the point best. where they're making a caricature of my favorite Avenger. The best scene in this movie, best acted, best everything, because I pour- Chris Hemsworth, I'm not saying he doesn't do a good job because he did, but you can tell 
you know, given the material he had and the scene that I'm about to talk about, which was amazingly done, that he was, and you said this in our private phone conversation, or in person, it was a caricature of Thor. It wasn't the core or who Thor really was. Mm-hmm. And, but the scene that he was able to have emotional gravity, the scene in the hospital where he's telling Jane that he doesn't want her to die, that he wants to be able to live, have a life with her. He does amazing. And I cried. I think my husband, but he doesn't cry at movies nearly as often as I do. I cry at like every movie. <laughs> There's always something in a movie to make me cry. <laughs> and it was an amazingly acted scene. I wanted more of it. Yes, it was sad, but I wanted more of what they the movie was giving us in that moment because the movie was so lacking in it. If we had Guardians of the Galaxy in it more, if we had her have a serious conversation with Peter, they're both good enough actors, obviously, to be able to pull it off, the emotional hits off, and then she would come to that realization and then we could see her fear of dying and her choosing to go help save others those children ahead of her even though she has that fear because yes while it did hit after that scene with thor thor doesn't want her to die and she doesn't want to be separated from thor there's a different fear a fear of being separated from someone versus a fear of dying and that being a very final separation is a much stronger fear than just i won't be able to be with this person and it would have made a much bigger impact if she was so terrified of dying but she decided that saving the children was more important Instead well, of saving she just him, didn't want she, her to be sad, she was gone. Yeah. It just, yeah, it just didn't hit, like, all, it's like the jokes didn't land. Yeah. And, like, the the emotional parts didn't land. You know what I mean? And there was a lot that I liked, but there was so much that I didn't like. That but it outweighs what you did like because it's so much of the movie. Yeah. And I don't know. I I really wanted to like it. I did because I love Thor, but like just from the very beginning the part where he's with the Guardians of the Galaxy gets so much and I was just like, "Oh, this is this is ridiculous." <laughs> like and and I don't really feel like they put the effort into it that it needed. And that's so stupid to me. When you have this huge franchise, you have everybody in the world is behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, everybody wants this to succeed. But they're on the time crunch. They're trying to pump out as much content as fast as possible. They're going for quantity over quality. Because Thor, Love and Thunder starts off, and you think it's a frame story. Because Korg is in a cave talking to a bunch of people. You don't know who those people are, but he's talking to them. And so you think, okay, this is a frame story. Nope. He ends up talking to some people in caves in a cave later about Jane. Who are these people? Is this a frame story? I thought it was going to be a frame story. And I thought because they they show um, Korg talking and then at the very beginning they show different scenes of Thor doing heroic stuff and it's super cheesy and he like is on a pirate ship and kisses some pirate woman, you know, like. But she then, being Korg and, Korg and, and like, telling he's, stories. Yeah, like, he's, 
he's embellishing the story and we're watching the embellishments but then it goes on to the actual story and it's so ridiculous and i was like oh it's okay because this is just korg still talking like it hasn't gotten to the part where we're in real time this is still the the funny and it was like nope that's actually what it is like this is what the movie's gonna be (laughs) you know it wasn't it wasn't uh, a, a small little ridiculous part it was this movie's ridiculous so sad I so sad for the people involved in that film I really did I do because it could have been so much better and Natalie Portman she didn't want to be part of the Marvel movies after Thor 2 so she left and for her to c- agree to come back for this it just makes me sad that this is what what it ended up being that she came back to. Well, and she worked really hard because she becomes Lady Thor, or Mighty Thor. Um, and she worked really hard on her body to get muscular and big. And um, and they had to build sets. Like, like, she worked really hard to play this character and to be this, you know. And, I, and I'm just like, it was a waste. Like they had Natalie Portman back. They could have finished the Jane and Thor uh, story that we've been waiting for since like dark, uh, dark world that it ends happy with like their, their love story ends happy. And then Ragnarok, we find out that they have broken up. And so it's like, I want to see the end of their story where they reunite. Like I want to see the end of that story. And I was so excited to see the end of the story. And then to find out that this is, this is how they're ending it. Like, this is how they're ending the Thor and Jane storyline. Like, it's so awful. Like, <laughs> you know, like, he's like, she's like, oh, how long has it been? Three years? And he's like, eight years. And I'm like, yeah, we've been waiting for, like, ten years out here in the real world. <laughs> you know, like, we have been waiting so long to see this story play out. And I have to sit through like so many bad screaming goat like <laughs> uh, like him doing the splits in midair with to bad cgi and like have to listen to him like feel bad about his ugh, hammer and his axe and like pour beer on it like why i don't i don't want like I don't want to listen to all the crude humor and all of the dirty jokes and uh, all of the like stuff I don't want to watch I won't go into it but like just so many things that I I was upset about and we were supposed to be talking about Harry Potter on this podcast we might have to split this into two (laughs) but but, dear heavens I just yeah we might let's just split this into two because it did turn into a Thor love and thunder thing because phase four is disappointing of marvel so far and a lot of people had hopes for the new thor movie that it would revive and make people excited again and for the most part it hasn't no the screaming goats i didn't mind um my husband though found them hilarious so because he found them hilarious i found myself enjoying the screaming goats so i actually don't know my own opinion on the screaming goats (laughs) because we're in the theater and, you know, he has his arm around me and then he just laughs his head off at the screaming goats. And so I like the screaming goats because he likes them. And I, so when they were on screen, I laughed and he laughed. So I kind of want to watch it on my own and see how much they annoy me. 
<laughs> well, and I like the fact that they had the ghosts because um, that is part of Norse mythology. I don't know about the comics, um, but in Norse mythology, he does have a chariot with goats. Like, goats pull him around. Um, Which is just so interesting. Right, because we always think of goats as being not a scary animal. <laughs> like, we think but of, like, little people as they come at you. <laughs> Right, like, but these are, like, giant goats, and back then, like, those horns and stuff, like, they, they were very dangerous animals, um, and so, like, in North mythology, it made sense, but now, like, and that, and I like that they made them giant, they weren't just, like, goats, goats. they were, like, giant goats, yeah, but yeah, the goats. I did like the, I did, I will say, the one joke that I remember that landed and I thought was funny and would have been be- put to better use in a better movie was the goats are on the ship they're screaming their heads off and then Thor mentions eating them and they stop and just stare at him (laughs) (laughs) but and then he goes meeting meeting with people and stuff and I actually like that and if that had been in a movie where not everything was ridiculous that joke would have been so much funnier yeah and I might have to watch it again maybe the shock of everything you know (laughs) made it worse because I was expecting a good Thor movie and then it was so much cheese. So maybe if I'm expecting ridiculousness, I'll, I'll, you know, it'll feel a little better. Um, and it might be even dramatic. I remember that's what I always think of Moulin Rouge is um, if you think of it as a comedy, it's really dramatic. But if you think of it as a drama, it's really stupid. You know, like maybe that happens here. I don't know. Maybe I thought it was going to be like a Marvel movie, but it, you know, if I go into it thinking, oh, this is so ridiculous, then maybe all of the dramatic parts will actually hit, you know, because I'm expecting the ridiculousness. So I don't know. I do want to watch it again just because the movie is the worst thing in the world or has that one trigger that I have. I. I like to watch movies at least two times before yeah. I really have a solid, okay. But with Thor Love and Thunder, I I have a pretty solid p- opinion already, but I will watch it a second time and see if some of more of the humor lands. Although I think every single time I shall be disappointed when Korg does not die because they had the timing there. It would have brought but the gravity. I, I was glad that he didn't die simply because of like we knew what was going to happen with when you find out that she's got like stage four, like they can't get out of that. There's no way of getting out of that. Well, basically. Um, and Thor is so like, you can see like the whole point of the movie is that Thor is basically broken because he's loved people and he's lost and he lost his brother and he lost all of, like his tattoo is literally like rest in peace, Loki and Loki's helmet and um, a list of all of the people that he's loved that have left him that have died. Like yeah. that's the whole point of the movie. And it gets overshadowed completely by all the stupid jokes. <laughs> but the point of it is the fact that he is suffering so much because of the losses that he has taken. And so I would have been fine with Korg dying other than I really didn't want to watch the character go through that again. You know, like he's going through way too much and we know like what's happening with Jane. And so it's like, I don't want to watch him suffer again. Like, you know, and so it was like, I would have been fine if like 
kind of like um i am groot uh when he or we are groot like that whole scene and then they regrow a new groot or whatever like i would have been fine with like him coming back at the end <laughs> you know but like i don't know i just i didn't want cork to die cork doesn't bother me i don't think he's great or I don't think he's a great character and I don't think he's a horrible character. He is played by Taika Waititi, so probably I he just wanted to be in the movie more. Way, I just think he had way too much screen time. And the fact that I'm wishing for his death, even though I know that would devastate Thor, is because I was so desperate for something that wasn't completely ridiculous. Well, and I think um, they had him in there. Like, this was a theory, not my theory. Um, this was from super carlin brothers on youtube um he had the idea that he felt like they were they had too much core and then when he dies he was like oh that's why they want you to feel the impact of core dying and so they had him in the movie really heavily so that when he died you would feel it and you did feel it you just felt good about it <laughs> but well, I think like, it was like finally something that's actually serious I know mm -hmm. well like even with Siv like I was so disappointed with what they did with her character and he's like well and I don't know how much I want to get into this but <laughs> he um like she he sees her on the battlefield and she's like i want to die and go to valhalla and they make a big stink about how you have to die in battle and she died after the battle and so it wouldn't count um and he's like but maybe your arm is in valhalla because you don't have an arm anymore and it's just like this character was like she was the straight man for thor one like of his, like his little group you know um yeah. she was the straight man and then in the other one that she was in, Thor Dark World, um, she was like his emotional connection. Like she was the person that um, saw that he was suffering and that he really missed Jane, like he was in love with Jane and that he really missed Earth and that no matter how many heroic uh, thing uh, adventures he went on, that wasn't going to change. Like she was the one that made him and his mother um, aware of what he was going through emotionally. You know what I mean? Like she mm -hmm. made the audience aware of that. And so, and they, I saw her, like she was on agents of shield and she's in the show Loki and never is she the comic relief character. Her comic relief style is that she's so serious, you know, like that it makes it funny when other people, like she's the straight man of pretty yeah. much all of the comedy duos that she's in. And then in Loki, she's part of Loki's um, emo emotional torture, right? He disappoints her and um, watching her on the battlefield, like we don't get to see the battle that she's in, first of all, and then it being a joke and just a bad joke. And then they just keep pushing the joke and then she's gone and she's not in the movie anymore. And I was just like, why why did you take characters that were not ridiculous and were straight men and put them in a movie that desperately needed straight men and then you don't utilize them and you turn them into goofballs like i don't know i 
yeah Taika Waititi I feel like didn't understand the balance of drama and comedy and he didn't understand the need for a straight man because he he never let anybody be that character for Thor and I it it didn't work (laughs) like that's all I have to say is it did not work at all yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder, man, just what is what a disappointment. I'm I haven't been excited about the new Star Wars projects coming out, and now I'm not excited about new Marvel projects coming out. I it's I just, just sad yeah. what they've done. <laughs> We're oversaturated with it. I think that's why I like Top Gun so much is because it was just a good movie. Like, yes, it is a. Uh, reboot of Top Gun not a reboot it's yeah it's a reboot not a remake um it's a reboot of something that was popular in the 80s and that's super big right now but honestly like it was just a good movie like nothing like it's not mind-blowing it's not fantastic oh my gosh world breaking but it was just a good movie and I just miss good movies I just miss like going to the theater and coming out being like oh that was awesome you know like I have not felt that in so long and you know what I I think I think the last one was the original (laughs) (laughs) last time was the original Avengers go ahead (laughs) okay yes original Avengers was an amazing movie I was watching, I I like to watch a few different movie critic channels. And so sometimes I'll, so I, I ask, because I like to get different viewpoints and opinions and because they're good at what they do. And I watched two different channels in a row where they apologized. They said, I'm so sorry. The last however many movies have been so negative. And they had to, at least one of them said that they were going to do a movie about a passion project of theirs or a movie that they loved just to break up the negativity because every movie that's been coming out they've been reviewing they have not liked for a few months now and they said we I just feel they both felt as though they were becoming channels that just bashed movies instead of talking about movies because they loved movies because no good movies except Top Gun are seeming to come out yeah, and especially like, from Disney, and the reason Disney isn't producing good movies, even though they have every resource in the entire world to do so, is because I I think they're greedy and they want to push out as many projects as they can to get as much money in. They want quantity over quality, and it is killing this franchise, and it's going to kill Disney eventually. Well, and I'm super happy because they did announce at Comic-Con, this was Phase 4, they announced Phase 5 and the end of uh, Phase 6. And Phase 5 has considerably less movies, like less content than Phase 4. Like Phase 4 had like 50 different titles. And this one has like um, very few (laughs) comparatively. Like there's still a lot, but very few comparatively. And... So I'm super excited about that because maybe they will actually just focus on doing something good because I mean, you can have a small budget and do good if you have good writing and good storytelling and they have the actors, you know, I know that there are writers out there, but you have to really just get out of your own way, Disney. 
Like I, yeah, I'm not excited about movies. We only have two minutes left on this. Okay, um, so we'll I, end it here. We'll end it here. Um, I, I don't like adaptations anymore. And <laughs> technically, Thor is an adaptation. <laughs> I don't know the comic books, but I do know Norse mythology, and it's too ridiculous. But um, I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, find us on Patreon, Tejoy Flake. Um, on Patreon, you can uh, support us on the podcast or on our YouTube channel. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and uh, let us know what you thought of the new Thor movie. Let us know what you think of movie adaptations and everything else. Anything, new topics that you want us to talk about, new movies, new opinions, anything that you want us to talk about and I think that's everything. <laughs> I'm yes. Taya. I am Laura. Bye. Bye.